You've got this, gonna rock this Ain't nobody gonna stop you from living the life that you choose You're confident, you're fearless Don't question your spirit You're the only one who's gotta walk in your shoes You've got the tools, you're not alone You've always been your baby's home Bring them into the world in your own Bring them into the world in your Hey there, welcome back to the No Fear Home Birth Podcast. This is episode number four. Today, author and mom of two, Tori Smith, joins us to share her two home birth stories and to discuss her new book, Ready to Unpop, A Modern Mama's Guide to Unpopular Practices in Maternity. In this episode, we talk about why our moms give us bad advice, things they don't tell you in pregnancy, why all birth stories matter, and so much more. I'm your host, Megan R. Cooper, and before we get into chatting with Tori, I'm going to answer a listener question about home birth when mom is overweight or obese. But first, a quick announcement. Throughout the rest of this month, December 2023, to celebrate the launch of this podcast, you'll have the opportunity to earn over $150 in prize giveaways. To be entered to win, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, and then fill out a super quick survey to let me know that you did. The link is in the show notes. My goal is to get this podcast into the hands of more mothers around the globe so they can become aware of their options when it comes to home birth and feel fully informed, unconditionally supported throughout their home birth journey and completely prepared for their home birth in body, mind, and spirit. The best way to accomplish that mission is by listeners leaving five-star reviews so that this podcast will be recommended to more mamas just like you. So take a minute to pause, go leave a review, and then hop right back in. Now, without any further ado, let's get into today's question. It's from Laura, who writes, Have you heard of any success stories for obese women at home births? I am actively trying to lose weight, but also hoping to be pregnant soon. I am technically obese and would love to have a home birth, but I'm concerned I will get turned down based on my weight. No other conditions besides anxiety and PCOS. So thanks for that question, Laura. And before I answer, I'll just give my standard disclaimer that these answers and this podcast in general are for informational and educational purposes only, aren't a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice, and don't constitute a provider-patient or coach-client relationship. Also, this is just my take as one home birth professional, and I hope you'll seek out other perspectives and consult your own intuition as well. We're just going to get right to it. The short answer is yes, absolutely, you can have a home birth. I don't care what size you are. Home birth is definitely a safe and valid option for most. When you're talking about a low-risk pregnancy, that is really what I mean when I say for most, okay? So, and most pregnancies are low risk. So if you have a low risk pregnancy and your, your weight, the mother's weight has nothing to do 
with the pregnancy, like what, whether it's low risk, high risk, whatever. It really doesn't. You're good to go. <laughs> you, you can do this. Absolutely. I, so I am considered obese as well. And it was never, ever any type of concern as I spoke to midwives. No one ever voiced that concern, nothing, anything like that. Um, and in fact, during my midwifery prenatal care with my midwife, I was I went in one day for probably around 16 weeks and I told my midwife, I'm kind of stressed out because, you know, I've been weighing myself at home and I'm, you know, starting to gain a little bit more weight than, you know, is recommended on the, on the like standard pregnancy weight gain charts. Okay. And mind you, she had not asked me to do this. This is just something that I was doing. She had never weighed me. She had never asked me about weight in any regard period. And when I told her this, she said to me, it sounds like that's really stressing you out, Megan, maybe causing you some anxiety what if you stopped weighing yourself? And I felt so free. When she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I could do that? <laughs> like, I could just stop? And it's like, yes, of course you can. Of course you don't have to weigh yourself if you don't want to. And she was she was so supportive and so, so fantastically great. Um, but I'm not the only success story in this area. There are plenty of women who are overweight and obese, who are older, technically quote unquote advanced maternal age, <laughs> things like that, who they still have home births, right? So those factors, your age, your weight, they don't really have a whole lot to do with whether or not you're going to be finding a midwife to support you in your birth. The factors that do play a role really have to do with your overall health and pregnancy in other ways. So when you can't, when basically whether your pregnancy is high risk or low risk. So if you have a low risk pregnancy and, you know, again, weight and age do not play a factor in this. Okay. Then you are a good candidate. You're a good candidate for home birth. To submit your own question for a chance to have it answered, either here or in my No Fear Home Birth weekly email series, just follow the link in the show notes. Now let's get into it with Tori Smith. Hi, Tori. Thank you so much for coming on the No Fear Home Birth podcast. I am super excited to talk to you today. Hi, Megan. Nice to talk to you too. So Tori, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Um, yeah, so I'm a new author. I wrote a book all about birth and babies and all that fun stuff. So I think that we will have a lot in common. I am from Canada, so originally from Calgary, but I now live in northern BC. So there's snow on the ground here where I live right now in November. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, that's, I mean, we'll get more into my birth stories and stuff, but that tells a little bit about me. 
Lovely. And oh my gosh. So I live in the Midwest in the United States and there's not snow yet. A lot of times there is. And so I'm just sort of dreading the snow (laughs) coming. I know every year I feel shocked again, even though I know that I should expect it, but it it always comes a little bit too early. Right. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you've had two home births and you're going to share your birth experiences. And then we will, of course, dive into your book and hear all about that as well. I'm so excited to chat about that. That's going to be fun. Sounds good. All right, well, yeah, I'll start telling you about um, my birth stories and how I got introduced to that. Um, So I grew up in a family where I definitely thought, like, if you had asked me as a young girl if I would ever have a home birth, I would probably have told you no. I, you know, everyone that I knew in my family had their babies in hospitals, and that was what was normal to me. And I was actually very fortunate that I had a friend who ended up having a home birth when I was in my early 20s, just maybe when I was starting to think about my own future and, like, what I might do when I became a mother. And it was all, like, kind of around that that changed my whole view about birth. I realized that there were more options out there. Um, But the funny thing is that even after all that, when it did come time to plan my first birth, I, I was pregnant. And we were deciding what to do. Uh, the people around me, so my partner, my mom, my mother-in-law, like the, the people who, whose opinions that I took seriously, they were, they were not so comfortable with the idea of home birth. And I let that influence me a little bit. Um, so we ended up sort of compromising. And we said, how about we go to a birth center instead of the hospital? So it was kind of like the middle ground. And that was the plan. So we were going to go to the birth center. <laughs> um, but fun, funny enough, my birth, my, or sorry, my labor ended up kind of going quicker than expected. Things were moving along. Things were getting intense quite quick. So I had started getting contractions around about 11 p.m. And this was about six years ago, almost to the day, actually. Um, that's Which is funny, now that I think about it, I was going into labor, yeah, six years ago on this night. So it's the anniversary for me. Um, so I was starting those contractions, starting to feel like labor was coming on. And I, I called my team, so I had a, a doula who I called. She came over. I had my mom and my sister, who I wanted to be with me. And they all came to my house, and the plan was that we were going to labor a bit there, and then we would move to the birth center later on. And when things did start to feel a little bit more intense for me, I called my midwife, and we were trying to figure out what was the right time to move to the birth center. And I think she could just hear um, just the intensity in my, like she would sort of listen to me go through a contraction. And she said, I'm just going to come over to your place and just check on you and see how things are. And it's really good that she did because by the time that she got to my house, she did a a check on me and I was nine centimeters already. Um, this, This was only a few hours from the first contraction. So we were all quite shocked, um, and she just asked me right there, how would you feel about having this baby at home? 
And, of course, I was, like I had said, I, I was interested in home birth from the beginning. So I was totally happy with that suggestion. And I said, yeah, that's fine with me. And we just um, kind of <laughs> kept focused on one contraction at a time. While the midwife went to her car, she got her supplies. She had everything with her. And she came back in, and it was pretty much time to push. It, so it all happened very fast. And, yeah, and it was, it was quite a surprise <laughs> to everybody. Um, I remember thinking, like, even though things were so intense, I had never been in labor before, so I kind of thought that this is just how early labor is. I still thought I had, like, a long, long way to go, which is, I think, helped me, actually, in the end, because I was prepared, I was mentally prepared to keep going. Uh, little did I know I was actually near the end. So that kind of worked out in my favor. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, it's a medical story. I know, it just, it changed everything. It changed, um, I think, like my husband and my mom and my sister being able to witness all that and how it went and the baby came right there in my bedroom and they kind of got they got a first-hand look at what home birth is and I think it really changed their view about it too they weren't feeling like so nervous about it um like I think a lot of people who aren't sure about it or have the f a fear around it are ones who have never had any experience with it that's been at least that's my opinion because I watched as it started to change their mind because they they were able to see how what a great and positive experience it was and it really was it was for me I, it couldn't have been a better place it was just like in the comfort of my own home I was in my bed I didn't have to get into a car I didn't have to move and it's that kind of thing that I don't know it just gave me such a positive feeling when I think back it was just a really really good good experience and I wouldn't change anything about it that is so awesome and so amazing and <laughs> perfect, too, that your midwife had all of her supplies and everything in the car ready to go. Like you said, she probably kind of knew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think she had her suspicions. Yeah. <laughs> and looking back, I think at the time where I was, I would have felt nervous if she hadn't showed up on time. Um, but now... I've learned a lot since then, and I always want to assure people that if you ever end up in a situation like me where it's happening quicker than you expect, and maybe there is no birth attendant, no midwife, or anything with you, I always I want people to be assured that you, you already have what you need. Like, your body knows what to do, and it will take over, and um, you can always call someone who can walk you through it and there's those types of things in place so um yeah I think at the time like I I definitely would have felt a little nervous not having her there I was happy that she, that the midwife was there but um I also feel more confident now that I we would have been fine too if she hadn't shown up on time or if she hadn't um, been able to to be there Absolutely. Yes. Good. I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because, um, it's so true. You're as women birthing babies, you know, our, that's what our bodies 
were meant, you know, made for and baby's going to come out. So, (laughs) um, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well then what did it look like after you gave birth to your first child? It was, um, it was so nice. It's, it was like the, the word that I keep coming back to is like peaceful. It was just like he arrived, he was there and we were just surrounded by, you know, my close family and the sun was just coming up. This all had kind of happened through the night and there was this beautiful sunrise (laughs) and it was quiet and uh, like everything about it was just beautiful and peaceful and calm and there were no... Um, you know, bright lights and beeping noises that you might find in the hospital. So those are the kind of things that I really appreciate when I think about that that time right after he was born. So then when you got pregnant again, I presume that you were already planning to to have a planned home birth at that point. Yes, that's correct. So yeah, when it came to the second pregnancy, there was no question in my mind of what I wanted to do. I knew that home birth was for me. That was the direction I wanted to go. And this time, everyone in my family was also on board, which was nice. It's always nice to, to feel supported. I, I know that some people have to make that decision, and they don't always have um, the support that they're hoping for. So I was, I was just really glad to have everyone on the same page as me. So we definitely uh, were going through with that plan. We were a little bit more prepared this time because um, it wasn't going to be a surprise. We we could set things up. And so we did it a little differently where we had uh, rented a birthing pool. And I wanted to, to try for a water birth this time, um, the second time around, which is what we did. Uh, so that was a different experience, of course. Um, yeah, uh, it was really nice. People talk about how the water, it helps with pain relief a little bit. It's just, it's, it's just a more comfortable place to be in general. Um, and it's nice when your labor is, is intensifying and you're getting more uncomfortable and it's just like a nice little change of environment to get into the pool and it's a little bit more relaxing. So I really liked that experience. That, that piece of it was Um, different and it was nice Um, the second labor in contrast to the first it it was longer for me and I think one of my mistakes was I expected it to be quick just because my first one was quick and I would always advise anyone who's going into their second to to not have any expectations because I think you're it's natural to compare it to what you know from before but every Pregnancy is unique, every birth is unique, and it's not always going to be a repeat, it's not always going to be what you expect. So, um, this one, it was about 12 hours from, like, first contraction to, like, when baby was born, which is still, in a sense, relatively short compared to some people, but um, from what I knew, that it felt long. <laughs> so, it's, it's just all about what you're, you're familiar with, I guess. Um, and because it was it was taking longer than the first one, it threw me off a little bit. I think I was, I had started to feel those contractions. I, I felt like labor was coming and then they started slowing down and it confused me. 
and I had already called my doula and so I, I started to feel a bit guilty because I'm like oh was that a false alarm and maybe I called her too soon um, but I think what was happening with me when when my contractions were slowing down was that I had I had called people to our house so I called my doula my mom and my brother had arrived and we were all kind of chatting in the kitchen with you know the lights on and it was when we kind of decided like let's sort of take the focus off of contractions and let's move to like a quieter space and like a dark room that is when my contractions started picking up again and, and labor started progressing and I think that's an important piece of advice is sometimes when you have too many people around and, and bright lights and things like that, I think it can stall labor. So if anyone's taking like a lesson from my my experience, I'd say like you really want to to be as undisturbed as possible. You want to have yeah like dim the lights, um, get quiet, and maybe if you do have people around, ask them to keep the conversation down and stuff just so you don't have so many distractions and focus on you um, because I think there's just it's definitely um, an important piece to labor is like your body needs to feel safe and I think one of the best ways to feel safe is just to sort of um, just to be able to be quiet and just to be able to focus and and just know that you're um, I don't know, that you have room to do what you need to do. So that was, um, yeah, that was something that I think was important. And so when we did have that quiet time and, and everyone kind of backed off, things started progressing. And then I got super um, caught up on wondering when my water was going to break because in my with my first one my water broke really early on and I thought that was again just how it worked <laughs> but that's definitely not always the case either because this one you know I was I was progressing but that water wasn't breaking and my midwife had arrived at this point and she kind of made a comment that she felt like once the water breaks that's when things are really going to move and she was so right about that it was that was like the piece that needed to happen and it wasn't happening, it wasn't happening. We were, we were doing squats on the stairs and all kinds of things. And my midwife um, suggested that I sit on the toilet and bear down with contractions. And that was what worked for me. It was after just a couple times trying that, the water broke and it just got so intense so quickly <laughs> but that's what you need to happen I mean you can't stay comfortable forever like things have to move right the baby's got to move down if it's gonna come out so um that was the kind of the changing moment and all of a sudden um yeah it just it got quite uncomfortable and that was when I got into the pool so that was that was great it was a good chance for me to just like enjoy like the warm water and get a little more comfortable that way and um yeah once that water broke that baby was moving she was like ready to come out and I I almost didn't have to push at all it was I think on my first real push her head was already coming out 
and and just like a few minutes after that she was she was like ready to be born so um yeah they were different in a lot of ways yeah but both very positive experiences I really want to emphasize that that when I think back on my births amazing I just I just feel like it was such a positive um just beautiful experience that I'll always cherish and I'm so happy that I have those experiences Absolutely. And I love that so much. And I feel so very similarly to my home birth that I had. I look back on it very fondly. A lot of the ways that you described uh, your first birth just with being peaceful and um, quiet, um, even just some similarities and that baby was born, you know, kind of just before sun was coming up, all of that, that was very similar to my experience as well. And it was just very beautiful. Oh, that's so nice. And it's, it's, um, for that reason that I decided I really wanted to write a book because I hear way too many stories of people who describe their birth in almost the exact opposite of what we describe our home births as. So like, you know, you hear the word traumatic and, um, you just, I really feel for anyone who had a, had a traumatic birth or just, um, a negative, a negative view of that experience, because I think it has such opportunity to be a really positive and empowering experience. And so after I had those experiences, I decided I just have to write a book. I need people to know that this is an option out there available to everyone and, um, I think that was, yeah, that was really what motivated me to want to share about all of these, like, sort of unconventional things that you don't always um, know about. And, I mean, like, home births and midwives and doulas and that sort of thing. Yes, I love that so much. And you're so right. And I remember feeling that same way, even when I was preparing for my first pregnancy, um, where I had planned to have a natural birth. And I had planned to do that in the hospital. But I noticed that every time that I spoke about this, I got you know, just loads of horror stories about how terrible (laughs) birth is and you know, labor is and painful Mm -hmm. and all these different things. Um, and then in planning for the home birth as well, I just found it difficult to, to find people who, yeah, felt positively about their birth, but I knew it must be out there. And I did, um, I did, listen to a lot of birth stories and read a lot of birth stories to, to hear more of those experiences that I couldn't necessarily find, you know, in person, I suppose. Yes. And that's why your podcast is so great because unfortunately we, it does seem like we hear more bad than good. And I, I know for myself, it really helped to, to talk to and to, and to hear from other people who had the positive experiences and see what they were doing differently. And it just, it gave me a whole different perspective and, and a whole different belief that 
I could have an experience like that. Exactly. Oh, so well said. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Tori, in your book, Ready to Unpop, I, well, first of all, I would just love for you to just give us kind of a synopsis of what the book's about. Like, what can we expect when we read Ready to Unpop? Oh, yeah, of course. So the book is meant for everyone. It's not just for um, people who have a home birth or or who want to do that. It's it's really just to go over like all of your options when you're becoming a new mom. So there's lots of different decisions to make on like, are you going to breastfeed or not? Are you going to use cloth diapers or not? Um, there's all kinds of decision making. And I just wanted to really put the options and all like kind of the pros and cons so that people can really make informed decisions and see what works best for them. And so I really highlight the more unconventional um, side to things because that's the side that a lot of people don't know about or don't know a lot about. Um, yeah, for example, like just cloth diapers. Like I know a lot of people are super um, even nervous about trying it or, or just think it's gross or they like they have all these ideas and so I really just like to lay it out like what's good about it what did I like about it you know it saves you money it's like um more better for the environment and I just kind of I like to just say here's what's good about it here's what I liked about it and so then you can make a decision and see if that's going to work for your family or not Lovely. I like that. And yes, we did cloth diapering too, (laughs) just on a side note. And just, I mean, we really, really loved it. Um, But it it is unconventional. You're right. We did definitely have a few family members who (laughs) wondered what the heck we were doing. Yes. Um, But it was just so worth it. And we just, we, I don't know, we really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So I just wanted to really like open people's minds about the different things out there because I think a lot of the time you just kind of do what your mom did or you do what your friends have been doing and you sometimes people don't even know it's an option right so that's kind of the whole the whole point of this is um, and it's why I call myself an unpopular mom because I feel like I'm always gravitating to the unpopular choices where people don't always understand it but they don't understand it just because they they're not familiar with it and that's um that's what this is all going to help with is that you can explore your options it doesn't mean you have to do everything like you and I have done but it's just more about that whole idea that um if, if you don't know your options you don't have any so it's it's just knowing what's out there so you can make the best choice exactly 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 And speaking of your mom, there's a chapter in the book called Why Our Mothers Give Us Bad Advice. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Definitely. So I want to start by saying um, this is not to disrespect like any of our moms. (laughs) I don't think that they're um, bad people, of course, even though they do give bad advice sometimes. And what do I even mean by bad advice? Um, it's sort of like advice that it's, it's more like outdated. So sometimes when they were raising us, when we were babies, 
there was the, what was popular at the time. So it might have been like they were telling us, they were telling them to let your baby cry it out or spanking or that kind of thing. And um, since then, a lot of us have learned that you know that, that that kind of parenting method has led to some problems. Maybe a lot of anxious adults, that sort of thing. Um, and yet, a lot of this advice keeps getting perpetuated. And I think, I think it all comes from, like, what happened just in the past hundred years as far as, like, birth and parenting is that we sort of lost that wisdom that used to come from, you know, we would have, like, midwives and things who were in charge of helping all the new moms, like, bring the babies into the world. And approximately 100 years ago, that all sort of got transferred over and it became like a medicalized system. It was a male-dominated system. And I think what happened is a lot of the moms, unfortunately, started to believe that maybe doctors knew better than they did about what to do with their babies. Um, They felt like doctors just had like more authority or they were more educated. And so they were told what was best for their babies by these professionals. Um, and yeah, and now it gets, it's get, it gets perpetuated down to the next generation all the time, unless we're breaking that cycle. So I think, I think our moms, a lot of the time, they, they did something a certain way, and then they think that that's what we should continue doing. But we are at a kind of a different um, point within our generation. Like, we we have the internet now. We have access to more information. And um, we can also see that although, like, a lot of good came from that medical system, uh, a lot of problems did as well. And so I think, like, we're at that point where we have to start deciphering, like, uh, and thinking, like, do we want to do things exactly the same as how our moms did? Because um, sometimes... Our moms were told that um, you should just, you know, supplement with formula at any given um, problem that you have with breastfeeding. And I would suggest maybe talk to, like, a lactation consultant before that and see if that you can have, like, um, more success with breastfeeding before you turn to formula. It's that sort of thing. And, again, just a suggestion. Um, it doesn't mean that formula is going to be wrong in every instance. But it's more of just, like, the different approach and um, setting up moms for success in like in their specific goals with their babies. Yes, I yes, it totally does. And I <laughs> it's just so well said. And um, yes, every decision that I have made as a mother has been a different decision than my mother would have made. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't always easy though, because you, you know, I love and respect my mom, of course. Of course. And growing up, you know, she was the authority. And then when I became a mom, then I was in this weird place of, I'm still her daughter, but now I'm somebody's mother too. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, but I think it's so 
I think it's so important to do exactly what you're saying, to research the choices, to know your options, and then to make your informed decision. And it might be the same as what your mom did, and it might be different. And keeping in mind your goals for your family, exactly like you just said as well, because that's what it ultimately came down to for me every time that I would make a decision that was sort of not the decision she would have made. I was thinking, okay, but what is my goal for me and my baby, my family, and what is most aligned with that? What decision do I need to make? And then I went with that, you know, decision, so... Oh, yeah. No, it makes sense. And I think it's important to acknowledge, too, that, like, our our moms and that, that generation, they, of course, were operating with the best information that they had at the time. So I know, I, I know some of them could feel offended to hear me say that, you know, like, I don't, I think their advice is bad. <laughs> um, and, of course, like, it, it won't all be bad, Um and I'm not saying that at all, and I'm not saying that they don't have any, like, value to give us. Um, but it's more so that it was just, like, a different time, different information, and um, we just have to know that we have other things available to us, other resources, and um, to not always just, like, do what you know. Sometimes you have to you have to do what you feel is right. And, and like you said, that's not going to always be the same thing. It doesn't always match up. Well, Tori, there is another chapter in the book that really spoke to me. (laughs) It's called The Things They Don't Tell You in Pregnancy. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So this is a phenomenon that I'm sure every pregnant woman understands. You get advice. Oh, sorry, not advice. Okay, sorry. Can can I start that one again? (laughs) Uh, okay, I'm just going to start again. Okay, so this is a phenomenon where I'm sure any pregnant woman would relate to is sometimes you're left feeling like, why didn't anyone tell me that? <laughs> why didn't anyone prepare me for that? Because I think there are just those things that you you don't hear about until you're actually the pregnant one going through it. I know for me that, that happened with a few things. Um, personally, I was so confused to to learn about what a mucus plug is <laughs> and anyone listening if you if you if you haven't been pregnant before and you, you don't know um, your body kind of makes this mucus plug it seals up the cervix kind of makes it so that no bacteria or anything can, can get into where the baby is but later in pregnancy you lose this mucus plug so this was a surprise to me I <laughs> I felt like I was giving birth to an alien or something <laughs> because uh, this little this mucus plug like came out while I was going to the bathroom. I'm sorry if this sounds really gross, but I think this is the reason why people don't talk about it, right? And this is why a lot of women are so shocked when these things start happening. It's like, why didn't anyone tell me about this? So that was one from from my uh, my personal collection. <laughs> I think another thing is um, that people don't tell you that going into labor is not like what you see in the movies. So if all that you've ever seen is labor being portrayed in the movies, you're going to think that it's a very 
panicky situation where you've got to like run to the hospital and that you're going to be screaming and that it you know like movies always portray it in this particular way I've seen very few um television shows or movies where I feel like it it actually showed it realistically or positively um that's why I think like we talked about earlier that um it is important to find those positive birth stories and talk to people who have who have done it um naturally so that you can actually know what a real birth situation is going to be because some people are so unprepared and have a totally different idea of what what that's going to look like right um I'll give you one I've got a few more in the book but I'll give you one more it's another kind of a gross one (laughs) but I always remember I had a friend who had a baby before I ever had my babies and she just told me did you know that sometimes you poop when you're giving birth and I was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, like, no one had told me this. And she's like, yeah, I didn't know that. But I, you know, I found out the hard way, kind of. Um, it's one of those things that you're not prepared for because no one tells you and no one talks about it. And then it could be quite shocking or uncomfortable. And I think that's one of the things that you have to come to terms with and be okay with. Um just know that it's part of it's just physiologically a possibility and that no one's going to make a big deal about it if it does happen um whether you're at the hospital or at home like whoever's attending your birth just will deal with it very quickly and won't give it a second thought it's one of those things that nobody tells you no one talks about yeah absolutely it's so true (laughs) and then once you once you know about it and you think about it it makes sense right because of course this baby this large baby is exiting your body and compressing your colon so if there's anything left in there it makes sense that it would come out when the baby comes out (laughs) as you're pushing yeah, it's just one of those things that just, it's not fun, but it, it does happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And, um, in my experience as well, they, I didn't even know. I mean, I think I, I, to be completely honest, I don't know for sure whether it happened or not, <laughs> but I suspect that it did during my home birth, but it was just taken care of so automatically and seamlessly and quietly that it didn't mean didn't matter at all exactly yeah but you know what yeah it's just I think we owe it to pregnant women to sort of explain what to expect what like what goes on with your body and and it's uh yeah not to be left as a surprise (laughs) agreed agreed yeah more open real raw honest honesty, basically, (laughs) um, for like when it comes to pregnancy, when it comes to birth, when it comes to motherhood, postpartum, like everything in between breastfeeding, like all of it. Um, I totally agree that as a society in general, we don't really prepare our, our new moms very well. I agree. I totally agree with that. And I've just heard from too many people to say, like, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know to expect that. And that will transfer right over to your postpartum. Like if, 
if you have this idea about how things are going to go and you start to get surprised and blindsided every which way, and then all of a sudden you're taking care of a baby, and it can be, you can start to doubt yourself at every corner because it's all coming at you as a, as a surprise. So I think, yeah, if, it's important for people, people to feel prepared, um, to feel knowledgeable, to feel like just, I guess, um, yeah, just prepare for that role because it, it's all new, um, but we can just, we can help each other by talking about it and knowing what's normal and uh, yeah, I just, I think that's going to make the whole experience better. Agreed. Absolutely. Tori, what are your thoughts around sharing birth stories and why do they matter to you? Well, I just love birth stories. I love hearing other people's stories. I love sharing mine. I think there's so much value to be found in the stories. Um, the birth event in someone's life is one of the most important you know, events for them. It, it has so much emotion behind it. So I think it's so good for people to actually write down their stories um, after, like shortly after they've given birth because that's when it's all fresh in your mind. And to really process everything that you went through, it's, it's a huge physical event, mental, emotional. It has so many pieces to it. And I just want to read an excerpt from my book about what I said about birth stories. Tell them you were stronger than you imagined you could be. Tell them your heart exploded. Also, tell them the stories that left you feeling violated, damaged, defeated, or hopeless. Tell the stories of the babies that were breached and stuck and the angels that were lost. Tell the stories about the fear and confusion and the inexplicable pain. Tell the stories of triumph and otherworldliness and inexplicable joy. Your birth story is powerful and so are you. I love that. It's so great. And there is so much power in sharing birth stories. Absolutely. You know, when I think back, uh, I know that I would never have considered home birth if I hadn't heard home birth stories on podcasts because I did not know a single person who had ever had a home birth. Um, and I, I just would have never, I just never would have known. So I know that, you know, those birth stories are just so powerful. Thank you so much, Tori, for being on the podcast today and everyone listening. Of course, make sure you go pick up Tori Smith's book, Ready to Unpop. Where can they find your book, Tori? You can find it on my website. It's www.readytounpop.com. And there's also samples of my writing there. So I've got a blog post where you can um, take a look around and look at the different topics and get a get a taste of what the book's all about. Perfect. That is wonderful. And I will link to everything in the show notes page as well. That's our show. And I want to thank you for listening. If you found this podcast helpful, I'd be so grateful if you took a moment to subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you're looking for help on how to interview midwives, I invite you to grab my free guide, 60 Must Ask Questions for Home Birth Midwives. Just check out the show notes to get it. Thank you to everyone that helps make this show happen. The theme song was written and recorded by Jody Good. 
I'm your host and producer, Megan R. Cooper. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay fearless.